Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, everyone. This is Philip Rossman Reich, and you are indeed Locked On Magic. If you're listening on the podcast or Facebook Live, I don't know, there's no good verb for that. But in any case, my name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You're here for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live for October 15th, 2017. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you can see I'm wearing my Orlando City gear, getting ready for the final Orlando City home game, which of course means it's the beginning of Orlando Magic season. Finally, the preseason is over. The Magic played their final preseason game on Friday. They lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers 113-106. to A disappointing loss because the Cavs were without their star players and, and everyone kind of assumed the Magic were going to use it as a dress rehearsal of sorts. And it didn't really go that way. Um, it, you know, Frank Vogel was very adamant after, after the game saying, you know, we did not play well. You know, it's, this is why preseason stats are irrelevant. We did not. The, the team just did not play as hard, as well defensively as as he wanted. There was significant slippage on that end, and you know, honestly, if you ask me, it, it wasn't so much an issue that the Magic were bad defensively, which they were bad defensively. But it wasn't so much that the that the Magic were were terrible defensively. It was more that it felt like they just wanted the preseason to end. It, it felt very much like the the. Um, the, the, the season is right there. They've kind of done everything that they needed to do this preseason. Uh, the Cavs weren't playing their guys, although, you know, Wade and Rose played. And it, it just it just felt like they were just ready for the season to begin. They were ready to be done with this whole thing. So I I, I get where, what Vogel's saying. You want that attention detail every game. Like I've said on, this, on the podcast several times, you want to be better... Uh, today than you were yesterday, um, and and the Magic just weren't. To, to be to be perfectly clear, the Magic were not better Friday than they were the previous game. In fact, I would argue Friday's game was the worst preseason game the Magic had played all preseason, which isn't a good sign. But as as Vogel said, you know, after the game Friday, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that snaps everyone back into attention so that they can uh, be ready for the regular season when it begins on Wednesday. So. I don't take a lot out of that game. I think we know what this Magic team is. I think that we know the Magic want to get out and transition a lot more, that they want to push the pace. We've seen that offense work in a lot of ways. We've seen it struggle in some ways, too. Um, And and we know that the defense is going to be switching and and kind of flying to the ball a lot. And they've got a lot of work to do on the defensive end. I think ball containment is still the biggest issue facing this team. It's going to be inconsistent. There's going to be hiccups on both ends of the floor, honestly. Uh, and, and, you know, we kind of know what this team's going to be. We don't know what it's going to look like when the games actually count and when things actually matter. But it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how it comes together. I mean, I think Wednesday, I think everyone is excited for Wednesday. Everyone's excited for the game against the Miami Heat to open the season just to get things going and see how it actually looks on the floor. Um, as, as Brett David Roberts uh, comments here, um, defense creating offense should be the MO of this team. That is absolutely correct. This team needs to create turnovers, which I, I think they can. I really think they can, they can create turnovers um, and push the pace to get out in transition because that's how they're going to score. They still lack that They still lack that uh, on-ball creator. They still lack that uh, alpha score, whatever you want to call it, that, that all-star score. Um, and so half-court offense is going to be a very, 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 very big problem for this team still, and I think that they still have some plenty to work on and plenty to work through on that end. It's going to continue to develop and evolve as the season goes on. The things I did like from the preseason, Aaron Gordon looks fantastic. I, I really think that Aaron Gordon is primed to take the leap this year. I think that he really can 
Uh, I, I don't know if I, I'm not ready to say he's an all-star level. I've heard people say, oh, he's going to average 25 points per game, 23 points. I don't know if he's going to quite be at the 20-point-per-game level. Last year, after the All-Star break, he averaged 17, 16. If he can get to 18 this year, that's a really big step in the right direction because you've got to remember, he's only 22. He's going to continue to grow. But I liked what I saw from Aaron. Played really within himself. Forced some things at times, but I think that's a good thing from him. Uh, and I think that he he really has taken a step up in his game. His shooting looks a lot better. Still falls into some bad habits on occasion. But overall, a, a really, really strong preseason from Aaron. Same deal with Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton is the best point guard on this roster. He, This offense is built for Alfred Payton. He wants to get out and push. He wants to get uh, out, into, out into the open space uh, in transition. That's where he's really, really effective. When you give him space, he'll take it. That's always been his thing. You, you lay off him and he, and he thinks too much and shoots it. That's when he gets a problem. When he's going downhill and attacking, he is this good. He is, he's a really good point guard. And so I think this offensive system really, really fits him uh, perfectly and fits him really, really well. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Alfred Payton does. Um, the last big debate, I guess, uh, for, for the preseason to talk about is uh, ter- the Terrence Ross-Jonathan Simmons situation. I know a lot of fans want the Magic to start Jonathan Simmons this year. Um, because of the way he played in preseason. And Jonathan Simmons was fantastic in preseason. Let me, let, let's put, throw that out there. Simmons is a really, really good player, uh, and, and I really like what he can do. But I still like Terrence Ross as the starter. Um, I think Simmons is still kind of feeling out where the, the parameters of his new role. Um, I think he forces things a little bit too much. He's not quite the consistent shooter that I would want quite yet. Um, I like him actually as the sixth man, as the lead reserve guy, because he can kind of create and, and do whatever he wants there. Um, and, and so I think that that fits his style really, really well. And he can kind of be the, the creator and let DJ Augustin play a little bit more off the ball where shooting comes into play more. Uh, so I really like Simmons off the bench still. I'm not saying that Simmons won't start at some point this season. I don't expect the Magic to have the same starting lineup for all 82 games. But... I do think that the the I do think that um, Ross is the better option right now. I think the continuity bump that the Magic saw when when those five were on the court with Ross, I think that continuity bump is very very real. You could tell they're very very comfortable with each other. They 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 play at a much faster rate. I, I think I did some early numbers on that lineup and they were very very good. Um, and, and we saw what they did last year. So I, even though there's some defensive shortcomings with that group, I think that Ross is the guy for the team to start the season at least. Uh, we haven't seen much of him. He had this he was ill late in the preseason. He was late he was ill Friday. He's, he was back at practice yesterday. He didn't practice with the team but did a one on oh workout. He should be good to go Wednesday. Uh and and he had the injury the last week of the preseason. But I I, I think Ross had a really good preseason. Gotta get his timing down on a shot. Um and that'll obviously be what determines whether he plays or not. But I really like Terrence Ross. Um, any other roster issues? Uh, if you have any other comments or questions, be sure to leave them in the comment box right there-ish. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to point and look, too. Um, it, it's, it's somewhere there if you're watching on Facebook Live. If you're not watching on Facebook Live, you can always interact with me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as at OMagicDaily and at Philibar underscore, underscore OMD. I have, like, 15 uh uh, Twitter accounts. Let's uh, go through some comments here before I move on to my predictions. Uh, Donald L. Hampton says, I'm expecting a big lead from Gordon this year. 18 points, 8 rebounds per game. That would be about where I would want to see Aaron Gordon. I, I, honestly, I have Aaron Gordon sneakily as someone I'm looking for in my fantasy leagues. Um, you know, I have a fantasy draft tonight. Uh, I am going to be scoping around for Aaron a little bit. Um, I might jump to get him because I, I think he's due for a big year. I think he's due for a big breakout year, and I think there's a lot of reasons to be very, very excited about him. Our good pal Aaron Goldstone writes, Elf has to avoid another slow start. Career sub, 40% field goal percentage in October, November. Temporarily lost his job early in the season in past years. Magic can't afford to wait until December to get him going. And that is definitely a real issue with Elf Payton. Some of it, I think, uh, to, to, to Aaron's point there, some of it, I think, has to do with the lack of continuity. Um, remember, his rookie year, playing under Scott Skiles, they brought him along, or rookie year was Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn didn't really have structure. They wanted to bring him along slowly. Playing under Scott Skiles, it's a much more kind of structured offense, which I don't think fits Peyton's game very well. Uh, and so he really, really struggled. Vogel was very much the same thing his third year with the two bigs and, and all that stuff. So I I anticipate I anticipate that having the continuity of Frank Vogel on the coaching staff 
knowing the offense, running the same offense from the end of last year to the beginning of this year will be will be key. I, I think Alfred Payton last to end last season, though, after the All-Star break, was at 12 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, 8 assists per game, something like that. Those are pretty close to really elite numbers. There's only a few players that over the course of the entire season average that much. I don't expect Peyton to average it that much. Late season games can get a little dicey for, for bad teams especially. But I do expect Peyton to be up at around 12, 13 points per game. I do expect him to be up at around 6, 7, maybe 8 assists per game. And if he can add 5 or 6 rebounds per game, that would be a really strong start. I think he, uh, at least in the preseason, he was more selective with the shot. He didn't take a lot of shots. Um, that should help his efficiency because he, he he knows what shots he's good at. He's got that nice little runner. He'll take a jumper on occasion to keep guys honest. But he does a lot of really, really nice things. Um, I think I think the stability the Magic are finally providing him this year um, is going to be a huge benefit for him. I think that that's going to be um, something that takes his game, frankly, to another level. Um, and it's obviously going to be a difficult decision for the Magic next summer. But it's a contract year, too. Uh, you know, everyone jokes about the contract year bump. Both Aaron and Alfred are essentially playing for contracts this year. And... You know, I, I want to kind of address this a little bit because I've seen comments on this whenever I've talked about the Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon extension situation. It does appear the Magic are not going to get ex- extensions done for Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. Half of it is Jeff Weltman and John Hammond and, and pretty much everyone in the Magic has pretty much said that this is an evaluative year. Uh, that this is a year that uh, the team needs to, that, that the management needs to evaluate the roster that they have. So with that in mind, with that in mind, the Magic are um, going to kind of wait and see and let these guys prove it. But that doesn't mean they don't want them back. And, and, and on top of this, and I think it's important to note this, if you're Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon, and you look at your body of work so far, and you know what you can do, and, and, and you think you know, and, and, and as fans, we think we know what they can do, then you're thinking to yourself, I can be the guy that everyone thinks I can be, and I can make more in the summer than I can now today. Um, we'll be having a, a special thing on Orlando Magic Daily coming out later today. Uh, it's, it's called oh, Orlando Magic Daily Debates, uh, where we as a staff kind of had a free-flowing discussion on our Slack channel, and we public, we're publishing it, on whether the Magic should give Aaron Gordon an extension. And, and someone in there brought up the uh, Gordon Hayward situation. Um, if you don't know, Gordon Hayward, and we'll talk about Gordon Hayward in just a moment, but if you don't know, uh, Gordon Hayward uh, left uh, originally in 2014, signed with the Charlotte Hornets as a restricted free agent, signed a max deal, was all set to go to Charlotte, and Utah kind of surprised him and matched. And, and that was great for Utah. It became an all-star there, but there were definitely some bad feelings there. I don't think that's how the Magic will handle Aaron Gordon or Alfred Payton. I think the understanding is that Weltman said, Go out there and play this year, and we'll take care of you in the summer. Where the where the, the the decision point comes is in the summer. The Magic will have to try and make sure that they get a deal done before they go out into the open market. They make they have to make sure they take care of these players. I'm I'm reminded of, of how the Magic handled Tobias Harris. Now uh, the Magic, from what I understand, essentially told Tobias Harris, "Go out and get a max offer sheet, and we'll match you, but we'd prefer to have you at this number." Tobias Harris went out and actually did get a max offer sheet. They came back to the table. They got a deal done that was good for both sides. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way because the Magic were silly and let and traded him. But that's neither here nor there. So it, it's definitely going to be um, uh, interesting to see how this plays out. It's going to be a storyline throughout the summer. If they disappoint, you'll hear the trade rumors pop up. Um, no, 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 no doubt about that. The Magic have to figure out if they're really part of this team's future. I think Gordon certainly will. I think Peyton probably will. The price for Peyton is going to be the trickiest part to figure out, um, because, like you all said, there's a there's a lot going on going on with him. Uh, he's he's had a lot of inconsistency and a lot of playing time in his career. So it's it's just going to be very very interesting to see how everything plays out for the Magic this year uh, with with those big questions. Again, if you have any other comments. Um, if you have any other comments, be sure to to leave them in the comment section here. I'll try and address them somewhere over there. Um, I'll try and address them uh, as we get through the show here. But now it's on to the main event, and I don't have any sound effects or budget to do anything like that. Um, but uh, but time to talk about 
NBA season prediction. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. I've got my big board here. Uh, I bring this out for the draft. I'll try and make it a little bit closer. There you go. I'll be moving it around. But I got my big board here. I bring it out during the draft lottery show for for the draft lottery to to kind of track things live as as we're doing it. But uh, this thing, I've had this thing since 1995. It was a birthday present from way back when. So you'll see I've got the original Magic logo here, the real Magic logo, the right Magic logo. Uh, we got some nice classic logos here, like the 1990s Cleveland Cavaliers logo. Uh, classic there. It does still have the Seattle Supersonics. They'll be our stand-in for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'm using it more as a prop, as a visual. Um, but follow follow along um, for sure, uh, just to help us follow along. But I want to talk about the, the NBA as a whole um, and talk about... Um, talk about uh, where the Magic fit in. Um, obviously, this is a Magic show, so I want to be sure I focus on the Magic a little bit, but we will get to them. So when I look at this Eastern Conference, it's obviously going to be a down year for the Eastern Conference. There's th- there's no getting around that. Um, the league as a whole is very, very top-heavy, but that's not new for the NBA. The NBA's always been top-heavy. But the Eastern Conference, especially this year, um, has definitely, I feel like, striated itself. I feel like there's... Definite tiers to how the East is going to play out this year. Um, And you can definitely fit teams in very, very comfortably uh, where they're going to end up. I think, obviously, the top two tiers are the... uh, The top tier is the Boston Celtics and and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think both those teams are... I wouldn't say head and shoulders better than everyone else in the East... But I think very clearly when it comes to a playoff atmosphere, a playoff situation, I think that the Celtics and Cavs, just they have the experience and they have the talent to get through playoff battles. I'm a big Toronto Raptors guy. I like the Toronto Raptors. I like what they can, what they do. I like uh, a lot of what they do. I like the kind of team that they're building. And I'm actually very glad that, uh, that one of the architects of that Raptors team is in charge here in Orlando. I remember a few years ago, writing, asking the Raptors about how they developed and and saying, you know, this is kind of the same development path the Magic are going on. They don't have the top-end stars, but Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are fantastic players. They are all-stars in their own rights. They're not superstar players to the point where they change series by themselves and they struggle in the playoffs. Um, But they're just not on the same level as a team like Cleveland with Guys like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and, and Al Horford, they're just loaded with star-quality players. Uh, and, and a team like Cleveland, obviously, that has the best player in the world in LeBron James. So Boston and Cleveland, to me, are your top two seeds. I think Boston is going to be the number one seed in the East. So I'll put them right here, number one seed in the East. I think Boston is going to be the best team. Um, it's going to be real. Actually, I, I, I'll say this one more thing about the top of the East. I don't think the seeding is going to reflect necessarily how the how the how good those teams are. Boston has you know Boston basically flipped over half their roster this year. They're very very talented. I think there's maybe some depth issues, but giving up Avery Bradley, giving up Jay Crowder, that's a lot of the team's identity right there. Jalen Brown's going to have to step up. Terry Rozier's going to have to step up. They've got a lot of guys they're going to have to play at a higher level. Their top-end talent is very good, and it's going to take a while to get things together. So I'm putting Boston as the one seed, but I could very easily see a team like Toronto sneaking into the one seed or a team like Washington sneaking into the one seed because they've been together. They have some continuity, and I think in the regular season, especially early on, continuity matters. The teams that race ahead are the teams that have been together. So I could see Boston struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season. The same goes for Cleveland. I have Cleveland as the two seed right now. And they're down here so you can't see them. I have Cleveland as the two seed right now because I think they are they are essentially, the, at least for the regular season's sake, 
the second best team in the Eastern Conference. But again, I think Cleveland, because of the injuries, because of the injuries to, to injury to Isaiah Thomas, LeBron James is going to coast. I think Cleveland is a prime candidate to be like the 2010 Celtics, where they kind of coast through the regular season. They just get in as a three or a four seed. They know home court isn't as important to them. They're just worried about being healthy and being ready in June. And then they just go out and win the whole Eastern Conference. It would not surprise me if we see a Cleveland-Boston second round for that very, very reason. So, But for the sake of this, Boston and Cleveland are my two top teams. I have Toronto third. Um, here's Toronto. Put them third. I have Toronto third. I really like the Toronto Raptors, as I said. Um, it's not just because I have a predilection toward purple. Um, I, I think the Raptors' continuity is really good. I think they played really well with uh, with Serge Ibaka there. Um, you know, they they I thought they added some. They they just they they kept the things very steady. They're very very steady. And Toronto to me is a fantastic regular season team. Um, I'm I'm a big stickler about the regular season. I think that there should be a regular season championship. Um, I think that uh, I'll be getting to Washington. Don't worry. Um, I think that there should be a regular season championship. I think that. Um, we should appreciate that the regular season is a different task and a different animal than the playoffs. Essentially, in the playoffs, you're playing one team and you just have to beat that team. In the regular season, you're playing this. You're playing one team this night, another team the next night, another team the next night, and you have to constantly shift and prepare. And it's really about who you are. It's not about playing to your opponent. It's about how good you are. And that's why I really like Toronto. Toronto knows who they are. And preparing for them and defending them in a regular season setting where, let's say you have a day to prepare for them. They're really tough to prepare for on a day's notice because Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan put a lot of pressure on you. When you have a week or a series to prepare for them, they're much they're, they're a little bit easier because then you learn, okay, we've got to stay on these shooters, let DeMar and Kyle take these terrible mid-range jumpers that work in the pre work in the regular season. They don't work in the playoffs. And and so Toronto, they're just I know there's like this this tank or or championship mentality and a lot of people feel like Toronto just needs to turn things over. This is the most successful Raptors team in franchise history. They are a comfortable 3 or 4 seed. You know, maybe they'll fall to the 5 this year cuz because they're in this really interesting second tier which I'll talk about in a moment. I still really like them. I'm still really high on them. I, I could see them being the top seed in the East. Of all, I mean, there's there's two teams that I think could crash the Boston-Cleveland party at, as the top two seeds in the East, depending on how they develop. One of them is Toronto because of their just consistent play. The other is, and I'll skip one here, the other is my five seed, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Here they are, the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not, I, I Milwaukee, obviously... I should put them straight. Milwaukee obviously has the talent. Giannis Antetokounmpo could take another leap this year. We don't really know what Jabari Parker is. They've they've got some really just nice players. They've got a really nice system. They, they again they kind of know who they are, and they're really really unique team too. And so there's a lot to me to like about the Milwaukee Bucks, but they're still very young. They still got a and Chris Middleton is completely underrated. They're still very, very young, and I and, and I just I'm not comfortable putting them in that top tier yet. Um, they've never they haven't made the playoffs in consecutive years in quite some time. They always seem like oh everyone's excited for them to take this next step, and then they take a step back. This isn't a take a step back here. I think the Bucks do take another step forward, but they're not quite ready to contend yet. They do need to find a second star, and maybe that's Jabari Parker. I'm really high on Jabari Parker. But I'm not ready to put them in there yet. So to me, the second tier, Toronto, Milwaukee, and then my fourth seed, I lost my Washington Bullets stamp, so it's just the Eastern Conference logo. But my second seed, the Washington Wizards, is definitely, definitely in that second tier. And, and Washington's got kind of the same problem as Milwaukee. They can't seem to string two good years together. Uh, they've got a lot of really nice talent. John Wall was uh, outside of outside of the usuals. LeBron, Russ, James Harden, and Westbrook. Westbrook, obviously. I thought John Wall was was fifth in MVP voting. Was should have been fifth in MVP voting last year. I, I really love the season that John Wall put together. 
But again, they've never put together back-to-back good seasons. Bradley Beal can't seem to stay healthy for consecutive seasons. And so I think, and Washington's bench, while I like Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre, or Kelly Oubre's coming off the bench and we don't really know what he is yet, they've bolstered their bench a little bit, but there's still a lot of questions with them. Uh, and I think that they're a team, again, that, that could take a step up. I see them capping off at the two seed. I don't see them taking the one seed. Uh, but Washington is a very interesting team. Uh, I like them as the four seed. I think the Wizards-Bucks matchup would be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, and so... Uh, that second tier, Milwaukee, Toronto, Washington, really, really interesting. Uh, just a really solid group of teams. Don't have championship potential probably quite yet. But really dangerous teams and, and really fun to watch, all, all three of them, for different reasons, I think. Uh, so I, I do like this this five, this quintet in the Eastern Conference. Those are my absolutely 100% locks going to the playoffs. As we know, the Eastern Conference saw a lot of change. Indiana traded Paul George. Atlanta lost Paul Millsap. Chicago fire-sailed everyone again. So I think that I think that, uh, the, what, what happens next with these final three playoff spots is going to be the really interesting part in the Eastern Conference because these are the three teams that are essentially replacing what was old. So who do I like in, in this spot? The first pick for me, uh, unfortunately for, for Magic fans, you're going to hate me, I do have to go with the Miami Heat. I think the Heat are going to make the playoffs. I think they're close. They're not They're not the, what was it, 31, 30 and 11 team. They're closer to the 30 and 11 team than the 11 and 30 team. Uh, they are a culture team. I really, really love their culture. I really, really love how they just always play the same way. They've got really good players. Hassan Whiteside is a game changer defensively. Goran Dragic is still horribly underrated. I mean, look what he did for... For Slovenia at, at Eurobasket when they won one Eurobasket, um, they've they've got a lot of just really solid players. They got a lot of grinders, and in the regular season that works. And once they found themselves last year, when, I mean last year, last year for Miami was essentially their heart and hustle year. Once they found that that grind that grinding play, they really discovered themselves. And Donald, I agree with you. Whiteside alone is not enough. Uh, I agree. Whiteside alone is almost enough to get you to the playoffs. That that's sorry, I I I I didn't see it there. But essentially, essentially, I I, I agree. Uh, you know, this team, the East is so kind of watered down that you need really just one really good star to get you in. And and Miami, I think, has two. Whiteside and Dragic are really really good. They've they've got some some good players, and and more importantly, they know who they are. They they know their essence. This this is the Miami Heat. I would not have had the Miami Heat as the sixth seed. Um, I would not have had the Miami Heat as the sixth seed before the Nicholas Batum injury. I really like Charlotte. I'll talk about them in a moment. I'll talk about them right now, actually. So Miami is my sixth seed. Put them right here at sixth seed. Uh, I, I would have actually had the Charlotte Hornets here as my sixth seed. Um, I really like what they did. I really like that team in general. They should have been a playoff team last year. They just lost a lot of close games. Uh, they just can't avoid the injury bug. Uh, Cody Zeller being out for a good chunk of last year hurt that team dramatically. But Kemba Walker is really, really good. Um, I, I don't think Kemba Walker gets enough love for what he does. Um, he's just a really solid player. Should be an all-star this year. Uh, if they had Nicholas Batum, um, I think that they would be in really, really good shape. I think that they would uh, be a really solid team. And I think I, I think they're still a sh- I, I still feel very comfortable putting them in the playoffs. But I'm definitely a little bit uh, unsure now that they've lost Batum essentially for the year. Um, they've got a lot of really nice players. Again, a team that just knows who they are. Adding Dwight Howard, although Dwight Howard is not the Dwight Howard he used to be. Steve Clifford knows how to use them, use him. I think he'll work really well with Walker. Um, you know, they don't quite have the shooting they had with Howard as long as they kind of keep Howard's ego in check about the post-up thing. Charlotte should be a really, really good team. So I'll put Charlotte here as the eight seed. And my seven seed, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Philadelphia? No, it's not. I'm, I'm not sold on Philadelphia yet. I actually have my seventh seed as the Detroit Pistons. What's all this new again? This kind of looks like their their new logo, actually. Um, the, the Detroit Pistons were the big disappointment of last year. But when they're healthy, and when they're on the same page, A, it's Stan Van Gundy, we know what he does. But when they're healthy and when they're on the same page, they're really, really talented. Just go down the list of players on that team. Just individually, to forget about the whole. 
Reggie Jackson should be a good player. Andre Drummond should be an all-star. Why he's not is, who knows. Tobias Harris, we know what he can be. We know he's really solid. Marcus Morris, really good shooter as a stretch four. And now they add Avery Bradley. Yes, maybe they're lacking some of the shooting that they need, but uh, but Avery Bradley is a culture setter, and I think he's a guy that could change that program around and change that team around. Uh, I think that he is definitely a guy who can kind of get everyone in line a little bit with that team and, and help them get the buy-in that they need to make the playoffs this year. So last year I was big on Detroit. I thought Detroit was going to get like a four or five seed. Um, I thought they were ready to take the leap after the playoff appearance in 2016. They obviously took a step back. Injuries hurt. Um, injuries hurt a lot as well as just chemistry issues. If they can solve that, this is a playoff team. And so I have them in as the seven seed. So here are your eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously I don't have the magic in there. You got Boston versus Charlotte. Washington versus Milwaukee, Miami versus Toronto, and Detroit versus Cleveland. I'll do predictions. I'll do final predictions there at the end of the show. So where does that leave the Orlando Magic? Where do I have the Orlando Magic? Um, I joked that Philadelphia was, was going to be my pick. Um, I have Philadelphia just missing the playoffs. I think that they're just not ready yet. They're still too young. We haven't seen... Uh, we haven't seen... Joel Embiid play a full season yet. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play at all. Markel Fultz is a rookie. And while I like adding veterans like uh, like J.J. Redick, like Amir Johnson, I, I like the veterans they added. That'll help them. That'll help them overachieve a little bit. Winning is really, really hard in this league. Ask, ask the Orlando Magic. It, it, it's really tough to do when you're young. And I think that this is a learning how to win season the year before they take their leap. They're not ready to win yet. I just, I just don't think they're ready to win yet. Um, so it's going to be another learning year for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'll place them. I'll place them here third in the Atlantic. Let's move you all down. So who comes next then? Who comes next? I mean, when you look at these teams remaining: York, Orlando, Indiana, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago. Not a lot to get excited about. I think that the playoff race, realistically is a nine-team race. Uh, I, I'll, put the cut, I'll put the cut line here. I, I don't think the teams we're about to talk about, I don't think the teams we're about to talk about are playoff ready or playoff caliber quite yet. But, good news, Magic fans. I do think the Magic are the best of those remaining teams. I have the Magic finishing 10th in the East with about 35 wins. I'm going to go on record, actually. I predict. Here's your official prediction. Here's your official or Philip Rostenreich Locked On Magic Orlando Magic Daily prediction for the Orlando Magic this year. The Orlando Magic will finish 35-47 and 47 and 10th in the Eastern Conference. Send your hate to the comments below. It's over here. I don't know where they are. Um, but send send your hate to the comments. Send your hate to me at omagicdaily, at philipr underscore omd, or at Magic. I'm going 35 and 47, 10th in the Eastern Conference. I like what the Magic did this summer. I think continuity is a real thing. I think that will help the team. I think the style fits their roster better than any style they played before. Their defense is still a huge question mark. They're going to have problems scoring in the half court. They're still going to be an offensively challenged team in a lot of ways. But I do think they they're beginning to form an identity that works. I think Aaron Gordon takes a leap. I think their depth got a lot better. They had the worst bench in the league last year, especially after the All-Star break. And so I think that they are moving in the right direction. I think that they'll steal some wins because the East has gotten so much weaker. And so I think that the Magic are on the right track. I think that the team is that... I think that the team is going in the right place, going in the right direction. And I think that overall, the Magic have a lot to be excited about for their future. They're going to be figuring some things out this year. They're going to be figuring out themselves. They're going to be figuring out uh, what direction they should go next. But the Magic, I think, are better team. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. And I think, honestly, the Magic are fine with that. I think, honestly, this year is about getting back to that 35-win level and then making the actual decisions you should make at the 35-win level to make the playoffs. Which, of course, those decisions are, how do I make my young core players better? How do I 
how do I bring out the best in them? Instead, what the Magic did was either they picked the wrong young core players to, to bring the best out of, or they just went throwing darts against the board, just trying to say, let's just get the best players we can and figure things out from there. You do need a plan. You do need a development plan. You do need to be smart. And the Magic weren't smart when they got to that 35-win level. They, they went for the shiny ball of the playoffs and missed dramatically. So I think that the Magic are a better team. Don't take this as pessimism about the Orlando Magic. I think a 35-win season is extreme. Is really optimistic. It's, it's realistic, but optimistic. I'm, I'll admit I'm an optimist. I always overpredict this team. But I do think the Magic have taken some good steps. I don't see a disaster season. I see a team that fans will want to watch and invest in, which I think is ultimately a good thing. And so I think that the Magic are back on the right track with this team. I think that Jeff Weltman, John Hammond will get this team going back in the right direction. And I think that um, the Magic are going somewhere. I don't know where yet, but they're going somewhere. And yes, that ceiling may still be a little bit low for what they can do overall. Maybe they, maybe this group tops out as a five seed. That after five years outside of the playoffs, is that such a bad thing? Some people would say yes. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't talk. Uh, but I, 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 overall, I think this team has a lot of talent. I think that they're... They're too good to tank. They've got too many good players to tank. Aaron Gordon being one of them. Evan Fournier being another one. Um, they've got some really nice players off the bench. It's just figuring out how to make the pieces fit. And then when the opportunity comes, striking. When that opportunity comes. I think they need Aaron Gordon to develop. And they need Jonathan Isaac to develop. And that's going to be the big, big key for this team moving forward. So I have the Magic. Let's see how many teams. One, two. I have the Magic finishing... Fourth in the in the in the Southeast Division, tenth in the Eastern Conference. Like I said, I think the Magic are going on the right track. The rest of my Eastern Conference, I'm kind of running a little bit long. I don't want to go too much longer than than an hour. Get you out of here before the NFL starts. But um, finishing out the Eastern Conference, I am not sold. The Indiana Pacers are going to be as bad as people think. I, I'm not sold. They're playoff good, but like the Magic, they got a lot of really nice young players. They Generally know who they are. Um, they're they're going to figure some new things out this year without Paul George, but they're going to trust Miles Turner. He's a really good player. We know what Victor Oladipo can do on a bad team when you give him the ball and let him try and score. So he's going to, I think, up his production a lot. Thaddeus Young is still kind of perpetually underrated, although he a wrist injury last year really knocked him down. They don't have a point guard, which is a problem. They got a lot of youth, but I'm not sold. Indiana is one of the worst teams in the East. Uh, I, I think that they can flirt with the playoffs. I think them and Orlando will uh will be uh will be a really interesting battle for that 10th 11th seed in the east to kind of stay keep their heads above water and stay in the playoff race so i like indiana i uh, i'll put them here third or fourth in the uh central division I, this this thing was built before the new division so i i don't, I don't know what they are anymore uh not that divisions matter anymore anyway um after them i like new york uh, Christoph Porzingis is really good. He's never been the man. He'll be the man this year. I think we'll see some really good things with him, but this is still a roster that is very incomplete. This is still a ro- I, I think the Magic roster is more complete and more talented top to bottom than the Knicks. The Knicks just have the top-end guy that's going to help them really shoot up once they once they uh, get once they get themselves going really, really well. So I, I have New York finishing uh, underneath Philadelphia here. Um, after them, I have Brooklyn. I, everyone's really high on Brooklyn. Um I'm not. Uh, I, I love Brooklyn. I love their identity. I love what they're trying to build. They, I think they could be a sneaky, interesting team. I'm not sold on D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I, they, they traded away their best player. They've they, they got a lot of things still to work through. Um, I'm, not, I'm not in on Brooklyn. Uh, I don't see them as a dark horse playoff team. I think they're still a few years away. They need draft picks. They don't have them, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, after them, I've got Atlanta. Um, original Pac-Man logo here. Um, a lot of people like Shooter. I'm not high on Shooter. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a big Shooter guy. Um, had a great Eurobasket with Germany. He's not enough alone to carry that team. Um, losing Tim Hardaway hurts a little bit, um, you know, although I don't think he's going to do much more in New York. Uh, so I think that, uh, but I think that uh, Atlanta is going to have a, a difficult year this year. They're going to they're gonna be in the tank race. They're going to be in the, in the race for the worst record in the Eastern Conference, and, but I do think the worst team in the Eastern Conference is Chicago. Um, Zach Levine's going to be out for a long time. He's by far their best player. They just, this this reminds me of the, 98, of the 99 Chicago Bulls team. That was a really bad team. This is a really bad team. Avoid them. 
like the plague and, and don't lose to them. Um, Fred Hoiberg maybe will be able to implement more of his hoi ball that he did at Iowa State, but uh, I'm, I'm just not sold on the Chicago Bulls. So there is your Eastern Conference. Um, again, I have the Orlando Magic with 35 wins, finishing 10th. I think that's a good season. If you don't think that's a good season, you can. If you're watching live on Facebook Live, you can leave a comment somewhere. I don't. I, I don't know. Where, I don't know where. You can leave a comment somewhere. Uh, and of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd, as well as at lockdownmagic and at omagicdaily. Let's run through the Western Conference really fast because the Western Conference is extremely interesting too. Um, we'll move that over there. Hopefully, that doesn't follow me. Um, Western Conference, obviously, one seed, Golden State. Any, any, anyone argue that? Want to argue that? You know, maybe best team of all time? No? No? Okay. Golden State's the one seed. The two seed is going to be really, really interesting. Um, the rest of the West, is the, the two through five seed, like the East, is really, really interesting. Although two through five in the West is so much better than one through than two through five in the East. Um, for the two seed, I have Houston. Um, D'Antoni is a guy that gets, that, that gets, gets people together in, in, that, ha- in that fast-paced offense. Um, it's going to be an adjustment for Chris Paul. But they just have so much talent. Um, I think I think that they'll they'll figure it out a lot quicker than OKC. Um, I, I see I see Donald talking about OKC. Um, you can flip flop Houston and OKC for me. Uh, I, I think that they're both really really good. I think that they both uh, have a lot of growth that they have to do in the beginning of the season. Uh, but I I'm just I'm not I, I think Houston Houston has it more. Um, I like Harden and Paul a lot more than 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 OKC's trio, but. OKC is going to put up a lot of points. Wouldn't surprise me if, if OKC is the two seed there as well. So OKC, they're the Sonics. Uh, I have them as my three seed. Um, like, just the star talent on that team is is fantastic. You know, Westbrook, George, Anthony, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to be really tough for defenses to handle. They're going to put a lot of pressure on you. And, and really, I think that's a Billy Donovan team. Like, that, like, honestly, when I think of the Billy Donovan teams at Florida— the, the generally Billy, Billy Donovan teams, not the championship Billy Donovan teams. Um, I think that this is this really fits Billy Donovan's style. That like that this this kind of you put a, a defensive center in Stephen Adams and you spread the floor with a lot of guys who can just drive and shoot and chuck. Uh, that that's a, that's a big part of, of of Donovan's legacy at Florida. Is he loved kind of chucking guards, and so I thought that I, I think that this roster really fits Billy Donovan's eye, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they work. Um, I, I don't like their depth. I think they have a lot of depth issues, and I think that could be a problem down the road. But top-end talent is just unbelievable. Um, for my fourth seed, uh, I, I refuse to doubt the Spurs, but let me let me say a little bit of warning about the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Kawhi Leonard being out early is, is bad. Uh, Parker is getting older. Uh, Rudy Gay looked better than I anticipated in the preseason game against the Magic, but coming off an Achilles injury, who knows what he's going to give you. Pau Gasol is another year older. Who knows what's going on with LaMarcus Aldridge. San Antonio is still going to be very good because they're San Antonio. They are just always very, very good. But when it comes to the playoffs, uh, I might short San Antonio a little bit. I think they'll get out of the first round still um, because of who I have them playing. But uh, I... I'm not sold on San Antonio completely. I, I think that they are clearly below Houston and Oklahoma City um, from a talent perspective, but they may not finish below them because they're San Antonio and they're San Antonio and they do Spurs things. Spurs going to spur, but I, I would uh, I, I don't want to count them out uh, completely. But I'm I'm lower on the Spurs this year than than I have been in a while, just because I, I think eventually Father Time is going to beat them out. And it's getting. It feels like it's getting closer and closer to that time, uh, unless someone steps up that we don't know about. It, it, it to me, it just feels like San Antonio is just overinvested in these in these veterans that have some very very big question marks. And and I think this is the first time that San Antonio has really really done that. So I'm definitely uh, definitely a little bit um, short on them. So at at some point, at some point, you know, everyone's right. San Antonio is going to end. And they're going to have to figure themselves out again and, and reconfigure like, like they have in the past. And I'm sure they will because of San Antonio. My five seed is Minnesota. Um, everyone's really high on Minnesota. I think a lot of people want to put them into this, this top four class. Um, they're, they're in for me because of their talent. Um, I think there's still a long way to go. I think Wiggins and Towns, they have to learn how to win. Butler will help them. Thibodeau will help them. 
They've got some nice young pieces. They uh, they got some nice uh, nice players coming off the bench. Gibson will help them. Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford will help them. Uh, but I think they're still a little bit of ways away. They're in the playoffs on talent. They'll be very tough. They'll be a very tough out. They'll give the Spurs a lot of trouble. But first playoff playoff runs never go well for teams, or you very rarely go well for teams. And so I have Minnesota as the five seed, probably losing to San Antonio in that first round series. My sixth seed is everyone's darling from last year, the Denver Nuggets. Um, if you haven't watched Nikola Jokic, you should. He's really fun. They added Paul Millsap. Uh, Jamal Murray's really fun player. Gary Harris is a really fun player. They've just got a lot of really solid players. This is kind of uh, Boston East, Boston West from last year. And, and just like Boston added Al Horford, they've added Paul Millsap. So I think Denver could take a leap. It wouldn't surprise me if they sneak into that five or four seed. I really, really like Denver. Um, they got to play defense. That's their big thing. They're really good on offense. They're amazing offensively. They got to learn how to play defense, um, and that's going to be the the thing that separates them. But Denver, Oklahoma City is going to be fun. The West playoffs are going to be fun. Get ready to stay up late in in April and May. It's going to it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, my seventh seed is going to be the L.A. Clippers. Um, they still got the talent. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin are, are a handful. Um, they got some questions at, at guard play. They they've had, they have to replace their guards. Tay Dosich is fun, but probably coming off the bench. Patrick Beverly will give them a little bit of a defensive edge, um, but they're going to go through a lot of adjustments this year. So I have the Clippers as my seven seed. Um, that'll be that'll this will be a fun playoff series here at the bottom, right? Right, that'll be fun. Uh, and my final playoff spot in the Western Conference, it, it, to me, it's between three teams: the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies. Let me grab them here. It's between these three teams: the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies. Uh, and they're all really good teams. They all got what you want from a playoff team. Damian Lillard's a star. Or, sorry, Damian Lillard's a star. CJ McCollum is a bur- burgeoning star. Utah's got Rudy Gobert. Memphis is Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. They just may not have the depth or they have just one glaring weakness. I'm going with Port- Portland. Sorry. I'm going with Portland as my eight seed because of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Um, I think that they've got the best star power. I think that they've got the best overall team of this trio. And so I'm going with Portland um, to, to, to get that final spot. I like Utah. Utah's going to have a lot of trouble scoring. So uh, I, I'm a little little short on them. Uh, Memphis obviously has the star power. To me, it's about health and depth. I think that they lost that health and depth. I think losing Tony Allen and Zach Randolph will make them lose their edge a little bit. Uh, and so I think that they're due for a little bit of a fall. So I have them as the 9 and 10 seed. In the West, let me figure out where I put them here. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Oklahoma City. So I have them here as the fourth place team. Was that fifth place? That's the last place team. Sorry, as the fifth place team in the Northwest Division. Memphis again have them in the Southwest Division here, uh, finishing. So those are my big playoff contenders in the West. Uh, everyone else, Dallas, New Orleans, uh, Sacramento, L.A., Suns. Um, New Orleans, they got the star power, but I, I, I don't like that fit. I'm, I, and they don't have any guard play. I mean, if Drew Holiday stays healthy, they're dangerous. They can kind of stay in that playoff conversation, but uh, I'm not sold that, that they'll be there. I'm not sold that they're, they're going to they're gonna be able to sustain that. Uh, their depth is bad. They have, no, they have no wings. They could really use a wing, especially at small forward, to help them out. Um, Dallas, Dallas is perpetually in the playoff race. Um, Rick Carlisle is a miracle worker. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki is fantastic. If Wes Matthews and Harrison Barnes stay healthy and, and produce, they could be really dangerous, but I just, I don't think they're there yet either. So I have them, uh, just outside the playoff race. And then our final three teams, Phoenix, LA, Sacramento, clearly the three worst teams, uh, clearly the three worst teams in the West. They're still rebuilding. Um, I, I think it's a, just a little too soon for them. Uh, Sacramento brought in all these vets. I still don't really know why, um, but they got to let their young players play and learn. So that'll be key for them. Uh, LA, I think Lonzo Ball will be good. I think Luke Walton's very good. I think they'll start taking some steps. They'll start looking like a real team. Actually, F. Sacramento is my worst team in the West. Um, but I think I think the Lakers are still a few years away. And, and finally, Phoenix, love their young core, love, love the, the core that they're building. Um, they need another year together. They'll be a little bit better than they were last year. They need to start figuring out what they're doing with Bledsoe and Knight. 
But other other than that, they'll, they'll be an interesting out some nights. They'll, they'll be spunky, but still a long, long way away. So those are my NBA predictions. You can see my playoffs here. You can see my abbreviated standings there. Um, just run through the playoffs, I guess, real fast if you want me to. Uh, uh, Boston over Charlotte in the first round. Milwaukee upsets Washington. Toronto over Miami. Cleveland over Detroit. Then Cleveland over Toronto. Boston over Milwaukee. Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland back in the finals. I I, just, I can't bet against LeBron. My, what, what evidence do we have that we should bet against LeBron? And then in the West, Golden State over Portland. San Antonio over Minnesota. Oklahoma City over Denver. Houston over the Clippers. And then I'm going to go Oklahoma City over Houston. San Antonio, uh, no, not San Antonio. Golden State over San Antonio. Golden State into the finals at Golden State, Oklahoma City, Western Conference Finals would be absolutely amazing. Sorry, I, I realize I can't whisper because I'm doing this on a podcast too. And then finally, who else? I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors to repeat as NBA champions and win three out of four in this four-peat of a finals. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that works. Those are my NBA predictions. Tell me what you think. Again, I have the Orlando Magic finishing at 35 and 47, 10th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so those are my official predictions. I'll have the Warriors over the Cavs in the NBA Finals uh, with Oklahoma City and Boston finishing out the Conference Finals. Tell me what you think. What do you think of my predictions? Am I crazy? How wrong am I? You can, of course, do so in the comments, although I'll be closing that pretty soon. Um, you can do that online on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Of course, you can follow the show uh, uh, you can follow Locked On Magic, our podcast, on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Be sure to like that Facebook page too, as well at Locked On Magic. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, you know to like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. You can of course follow the, the site on Twitter as well at O Magic Daily. Great way to interact with me personally. I'm hoping to do Facebook Lives like this every Sunday, roughly around noon. I probably won't go an hour like I did today, but I wanted to get my NBA predictions out there, get officially on record with my Orlando Magic prediction. So I hope you enjoyed today's show, whether you're watching it live on Facebook Live or listening to it on the Locked on Magic feed. But that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll talk a little bit about Ken Birch, um, probably, probably a little bit about the schedule as well as we get ready for the NBA season to begin. Almost here, folks. The NBA season's getting ready to begin. I got to go get ready for the Orlando City game. So for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. Thanks for listening on Locked On Magic. And I will see you all again next time. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.